Music by Buffy St. Marie. The song is called Carry It On. It's 8.43 and you are listening to the Monday Morning Show. It's member supported KAXE KBXE. We saw seven to nine inches of snow here in the Grand Rapids area. You probably had snow where you are unless you're listening online at KAXE.org. But we do have a winter weather advisory that's in effect until about noon because of that blowing snow. That to me is a perfect reason to welcome back to our program, Linda Lagarde-Grover. Snow is here, which in Ojibwe culture means it is time to tell stories. Linda is a professor of American Indian Studies at the University of Minnesota Duluth, and she's a member of the Boys Fort Band of Ojibwe. She's an award-winning author as well, and her new book is out. It's called Gitchigami Hearts, Stories and Histories from Misabakong. Buju, welcome, Linda. Thanks for being back with us. Bonjour. Thank you for having me, Heidi. You are welcome. So place is such a big part of your new book. I wonder if you can tell us about the places, the Gitchigami and Misabakong, and how you explore kind of this connection of people and land. Well, Gitchigami is um, also known as Lake Superior, and it is, um, it's Gitchigami and uh, Anishinaabe. It's um, where Ojibwe people traveled around from long time ago in a great migration from the from the northeast near the coast and so um, that great migration then and the stopping points and where where Anishinaabe people eventually came to live is one part of the story in in this book Masabi Kong is one of the one of the Ojibwe words that means the um, this place around here where I live in Duluth, and it's, it means in English the place of the giants. There are, there are a number of places in the, you know, in the continent here that are called that by various peoples. This is, um, the giants here can refer to many things. One, one is the stories of, our, um, of um, the great Nanabuju, the, the spirit hero of the Anishinaabe, the Ojibwe people, and um, it is connected also to the great ridge of rock, the Gabro Rock, the large outcropping that goes from like southwest of Duluth and near the lake shore all the way up into Canada. And so the people here, the Anishinaabe people, you know, certainly we haven't been here forever, and um, after that long that long journey over a long period of time, this place then became became the home to to um, the people where I live and uh, where I'm descended from. You know, it's you. You mentioned uh, migration. It seems to me a lot of these stories and these poems are kind of about movement, about displacement, whether that's due to the 1854 treaties um, and land and being forced to move other places, Indian boarding schools. I wonder if you can talk about that kind of broad theme that seems to be woven into your stories and poetry. It is. It is a broad theme, and so once. Once the the people came to live here, then not all that long after, then the um, you know the big um, immigration of people from Europe came. In this in this part of the country, it's mostly from the from the east. So you know the the big westward 
movement. And so along with that, there was great displacement of people, and we, we are certainly one of many tribes having great displacement. And, yeah, movement is part of this book. And so there is the, the treaty-making and the movement, the relocation of the people here onto reservation lands. And then once they're, once that was kind of established, though there was still great upheaval, there, there was still um, on the part of the governments that they treated with uh, the, a problem of what to do with the people who were on reservation lands and were not doing well and were, were starving and were not having access to the food and, and hunting and gathering and um, gardening that they'd done before. And so an assimilation um, policy came into place, and that's where Indian boarding schools were, were a great part of our history then, too. So then there's more movement. Yes, a separation from, from families and children being sent away to be schooled, but more importantly in the process here, assimilated pretty harshly and forcibly out of, uh, into a, what was seen as an American culture and out of, out of their own ways. So, yeah, you're, I, I think you're, you're right, Heidi. There is movement in this book. And, and I think that's another part of history that, you know, often I think the Native people are seen as kind of like static and here's, here's the place they're in and they're fading out and we don't really see them much anymore so we don't really have to, have to think about this. But there is, there is always movement and, you know, it's, I think it's part of, part of living. And that's surviving too. I mean, certainly not everybody survived the boarding school system and many who even survived physically were, um, were, were um, changed and altered and um, many times damaged by the experience. And yet we're, we're here, you know, we're their, their children and their grandchildren, people my age, and we, um, we have um, that great gift of being here that was given to us by them, and we understand that and understand our, that, we're, that we're fortunate and we have that obligation, you know, in honoring them to survive and to continue through, our, through the generations that follow us. Yeah, and tell stories. Keep the stories going as well. Oh, the stories, absolutely. That's the foundation of yeah. traditional teaching and learning, yes. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Linda Lagarde-Grover, who new book is out by the University of Minnesota Press. It's called Gitchigami Hearts, Stories, and Histories from Misabakong. I wonder if we can talk about one of the stories you've written here, Rain, Fog, Ghost, Spider. It seems to me that this story of, about you, about Artel, your family, your work, it kind of blends the old-time stories with contemporary stories. Could you tell us a little bit about Artel and, and, and uh, finding yourself at that place in life? Well, Artel, that is not his, his real name, of course, um, was a man who came to see me when I was working at UMD, when I was, I was secretary there, and he walked all the way up from downtown in, on a rainy day, and he he wanted to talk with me about about boarding schools and about the effect on him as an individual and understanding too you know it he's uh Ojibwe men are often kind of shy and humble and and he he wanted me to know too that he's just one person and so <clears throat> that sort of connected many things i was in school 
going to school part-time and working and um, just trying to keep many, many obligations met there with family and everything else. And, and he, for me, he, he was just, you know, he was just sent, you know, by, he was sent by, by the Creator, I think. And, and we pulled many parts of our lives together in a, in a really short time that afternoon. And it was, it was kind of a miraculous thing. I worked in student services, and in the whole time he was there, he came kind of later in the afternoon, and we stayed a while. Um, not one single person even came into the office, and it was um, it was a very meaningful time for me. And so, with you know, with with Artel, he wanted to he wanted a ride downtown when we were done speaking, and I gave him a ride and. He had a, a life that was in some ways similar to to the to many of the men in my own family, and it it gave I think it gave both of us a, an idea of the connections between people, between families, between places, and between um, our sh- our shared past and and our lives today. Sometimes those kinds of things happen and, and they're just, they're perfect for that moment. Um, it, it seems to me it really also affected you in a deep way in terms of what you were studying and what you were academically doing as you were researching. How did, how did that kind of um, help you, you know, explain what you well, were working on? <laughs> well, I've been working on, um, I've been interviewing people who had either gone to a boarding school or were, you know, descendants of a person who'd been a child at boarding school. And so he, he had heard that, and I, that, that, was, um, that was something, too, because you think, how, how is this guy who's walking around downtown hearing this about me? And, and, you know, him walking around downtown in the same areas that, like, men in my family had, had walked and had you know, really, really hard lives. And so, yeah, academically, that was a tough one because, um, you know, in academic world, um, things can get, in my experience, you know, kind of um, detached and clinical. And in that, you know, that is needed in order to to um, sort out research and write it. And I, And I sure wanted to finish and complete this schooling and and yet I I there was there was something that could be added that would really make this research and that that encounter there that was meant to be was was what it was you and so um yeah, oh, go ahead, Heidi. Oh, I was going to say, you write that you learn that there is not as much difference as I thought between the tangible and the intangible, as you were asked about your research. Mm-hmm. I was, and, you know, I, was, I thought of him and all the, all the interviews that, you know, these, these people who had talked with me and told me about their lives and, you know, their, you know, their past or their parents' past and... and connecting it to the present and you know it's you know to them you know they'd known they'd known their parents and in some cases i had um certainly you know got to know them or knew them and and i know that artel when he 
when he first um, was in the doorway there waiting for me to to notice him, he was a very shy guy. So he just kind of stood in the doorway against the one side of the door frame, and and he didn't startle me or anything. But just out of the corner of my eye, I saw him, and for a for a split second, I almost wondered if if he was real. And then it turned that he was, you know, he was more than real, and that what he wanted to say and all that we were talking about that connected things was was more than real too so yeah that's what i know when they said what did you learn and i think they thought that i would start talking about the facts and figures and things and but what came to my came to my mind and my mouth was just i learned that there's not that much distance there Hmm. such such poetry in that thought and that kind of leads me to this book is all is stories but it's also poetry and i wonder if we can talk about the poem the beanbag i love within this this idea of split and spilled like these different things but tell us a little bit about this poem that you've written that i write um a little bit in that book about um italian immigrant families in Duluth, and they, they were uh, in Duluth um, areas, different areas, d- different ethnic groups lived in areas when I was a girl, and, you know, that's changed a lot. Um, but Italians came here like around 1900, and so there was a, an extended immigrant family and community that um, was kind of a step family to mine, and so this is a, this is a lady who was born in Italy, and she was, and it was, it was just so funny growing up. I mean, they um, they they knew the Lagards, and they they all seemed to get along really well and stuff. And she was she was just a a very sweet woman who, in her, she was very thrifty and very what you would call old country. I think so. She's made used to make bean bags out of the ends of rags that she couldn't use for anything else, and that's what. When we were playing with one of those bean bags, not long after she had died, it um, it had been sitting in the yard a while. And when it split and spilled, there was a there was a tiny green sprout growing. <laughs> and that so it, you know, to me, over the years, I've I've thought of that as you know, she she had died, and we were kids, and our you know, living our kids' lives, and playing and we'd have our own futures whatever they were and and there was this tiny thing you know it's um yeah the, the she was gone and the past was past and yet it was still with us there and still living and growing as as we would be Linda Lagarde Grover the new book is out it's called Gitchigami Heart Stories and Histories from Misabakong Linda thanks so much for your time today I appreciate it Oh thank you so much Heidi enjoy the snow Okay you too You are listening to The Monday Morning Show.